This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. The Joyce Kaufman Podcast is being brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com. News Talk 850 WFTL presents Joyce Kaufman, No Restraint. Here's Joyce Kaufman. First and foremost, it's time for us to address the fact that we have a seriously undereducated population coming up of age. And it's not getting any better. It's getting much, much worse, no matter how much technology and how many advances we encounter in the retrieval and even the unbelievable access to information that young people have. Thousands of kids are missing from school. So the question that Bianca Vasquez-Tonez and Sharon Lurie asked is, where did they go? There's a girl who'd be a senior right now, maybe preparing for graduation in a few months, probably leading her classes, modern dance troupe, and taking a few art classes. And instead, Kehlani Taylor Cribb hasn't taken a single class in what used to be her high school since the height of the coronavirus pandemic. She vanished from Cambridge, Massachusetts public school role in 2021 and has been, from an administrative standpoint, unaccounted for since then. She is among hundreds of thousands of students around the country who disappeared from public schools during the pandemic and didn't resume their studies elsewhere. An analysis by the Associated Press, Stanford University's big local news project, and Stanford education professor Thomas D. found an estimated 230,000 students in 21 states whose absences could not be accounted for. These students didn't move out of state, and they didn't sign up for private school or homeschool, according to the publicly available data. In short, they're just missing. Missing students received crisis-level attention in 2020 after the pandemic closed the schools around the country. In the years since then, they have become largely a budgeting problem. School leaders and some state officials worry out loud about the fiscal challenges their districts are facing if these students don't come back. Each student represents money from the city and the state and the federal governments. Gone is the urgency to find the students who left, those eligible for free public education, but who are not receiving any schooling at all. Early on in the pandemic, school staff actually went door to door to reach and re-engage kids. Most of those efforts have ended. Everyone is talking about declining enrollment, but no one is talking about who's leaving the system and why, according to a New York City parent Tom Shepard, and a representative on the city's panel for educational policy. No one, he said, 
is forthcoming. We want to say it's outside stuff that's keeping kids from returning to school, such as caring for younger siblings or the need to work. But teens sometimes lack caring adults at school who can discuss their concerns about life. That's pretty scary. Discussion of children's recovery from the pandemic has focused largely on test scores and performance, but the data suggests a need to understand more about the children who aren't in school and how that's going to affect their development. There is leading evidence that tells us we need to be looking more carefully at the kids who are no longer in public schools. Over months of reporting, the Associated Press learned of students and families avoiding school for a range of reasons. Some are still afraid of COVID-19, some are homeless, or have left the country. Some students couldn't study online and they found jobs instead, and some slid into depression. During the prolonged online learning, some students fell so far behind developmentally and academically that they no longer knew how to behave or even learn at school. Many of these students, while largely absent from class, are still officially on school rosters. That makes it harder to truly count the number of missing students. The real tally of young people not receiving an education is likely much larger than the 230,000 figure that's being uh, calculated by the Associated Press and Stanford. In some cases, this wasn't sudden. A lot of students were struggling well before the pandemic descended. Kailani, for one, had begun to feel alienated at her school. In the ninth grade, a few months before the pandemic hit, she was unhappy at home and had been moved to a different math class because of poor grades. Kailani has ADHD, and says the white teaching assistant assigned to help her focus in her new class targeted her because she's black, blaming Kehlani when classmates acted up. She also didn't allow Kehlani to use her headphones while working independently in class, something Kehlani says she was permitted in her special education plan to help her focus. After that, Kehlani stopped attending math. Instead, she cruised the hallways, or read in the library. Ultimately, the pandemic and at-home education relieved the anxiety Kehlani felt from being in the school building. Kehlani preferred online school because she could turn off her camera and engage as she chose, and her grades actually improved. When the school reopened, she never returned. A Cambridge school spokesperson looked into her complaints. Several individuals demonstrated great concern and compassion towards her and the challenges she was facing outside of school. She said the district has a reputation of being deeply dedicated to the education and well-being of their students. So to assess just how many students have gone missing, the AP and big local news canvassed every state in the nation to find the most recently available data on both public and non-public schools. Overall, public school enrollment fell by over 700,000 students between the 2019 and 2020, and then the 2021 and 2022 school years in the 21 states plus Washington, D.C., 
that provided the necessary data. Those states saw private school enrollment grow by over 100,000 students. Homeschooling grew even more, surging by more than 180,000. But the data showed 230,000 students who were neither in private school nor registered for homeschool. Their absences could not be explained by population loss either. States where kindergarten is optional were more likely to have larger numbers of unaccounted for students, suggesting the missing also include many young learners who are kept home instead of starting school. California alone showed over 150,000 missing students in their data, and New York had nearly 60,000. Census estimates are imperfect, so AP and Stanford ran a similar analysis for pre-pandemic years in those two states. It found almost no missing students at all, confirming something out of the ordinary occurred during the pandemic, as if we didn't know that. The true number of missing students is likely much higher. The analysis doesn't include data from 29 states, including Texas and Illinois, or the unknown number of ghost students who are technically enrolled but rarely make it to class. For some students, it was impossible to overcome losing the physical connection with school and teachers during the pandemic's school closures. Jose Escobar, an immigrant from El Salvador, had only recently enrolled in the 10th grade in Boston public schools when the campus shut down in March of 2020. His school-issued laptop didn't work, and because of bureaucratic hurdles, the district didn't issue a new one for several weeks. His father stopped paying their phone bills after losing his restaurant job. Without any working technology for months, he never logged into remote classes. When instruction resumed online that fall, he decided to walk away and find work as a prep cook. I can't learn that way, he said in Spanish. At 21, he's still eligible for school in Boston, but says he's too old for high school and needs to work to help his family. These are all students who have formally left school and have likely been erased from enrollment databases. Many others who are enrolled are not receiving an education. In LA last year, nearly half of students were chronically absent, meaning they missed more than 10% of the school year. For students with disabilities, the numbers are even higher. According to district data, 55% missed at least 18 school days. It's not clear how many students were absent more than that. The city's unified school district did not respond to requests for this data. Not to mention, they just recently went on strike because nothing works better than even more missing school. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. 
there are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Los Angeles officials have spoken openly about attempts to find unschooled students and help remove obstacles that are preventing them from coming to school. Laundry services have been offered, as has help with housing. But for some students and their parents, the problem sits within a school system they say has routinely failed their children. Parents are bereft, said Allison Hertog, who represents around three dozen families whose children missed significant learning when California's physical classrooms closed for more than a year during the early pandemic. Ezekiel West, 10 years old, is in fourth grade, but reads at a first grade level. Before the pandemic shutdowns, he was shuffled from school to school when educators couldn't address his impulsive behavior. During online learning, his mother couldn't get home internet and struggled with the Wi-Fi hotspots provided by the school. She worked as a home health aide and couldn't monitor Ezekiel online. When he returned to school in fall of 2021 as a third grader, he was frustrated that his classmates had way more progress as the year passed. I did not feel prepared, he said in a recent phone interview. I couldn't really learn as fast as the other kids, and that kind of made me upset. An administrative judge ruled that Los Angeles schools had violated Ezekiel's rights and ordered the district to give him a spot at a new school with a special plan to ease him back into learning and trusting teachers. The school didn't follow the plan, so his mother stopped sending him in October. I can't trust them, she said. Los Angeles school officials not responding to requests for comment on Ezekiel's case. Last month, Ezekiel signed up for a public online school for California students. To enroll him, his mother agreed to give up his special education plan. His attorney, Hertog, worries the program won't work for someone with Ezekiel's needs and is looking for yet another option with more flexibility. At least three of the students Hertog has represented, including Ezekiel, have disappeared from school for long periods since in-person instruction resumed. Their situations were avoidable. It's pretty disgraceful that the school systems allowed this to go on for so long. When Kehlani stopped logging into her virtual classes during the spring of her sophomore year in high school, she received several emails from school telling her she'd been truant. Between two to four weeks after she disappeared from Zoom school, her homeroom advisor and Spanish teacher each wrote to her asking where she was and the school's dean of students called her great-grandmother, who's her legal guardian, to inform her about Kailani's disappearance from school. They didn't communicate further, according to Kailani. She went to work at Chipotle, ringing up orders in Boston's financial district. In December, Kailani moved to North Carolina to make a new start. She teaches dance to elementary school kids now. Last month, she passed her high school equivalency exams. She wants to take choreography classes, but she knows, looking back, that things could have been different. Things should have been different. 
While she has no regrets about leaving high school, she says she might have changed her mind if someone at school had shown more interest and personal attention to her needs and support for her as a student. All they had to do was take action. There were so many times they could have done something, and they did nothing. This should frighten everyone in the listening audience. We have children who are out there who have been lost in a system that has failed them from the onset. And as if that's not bad enough, think about the indoctrination of the American mind that's taking place for the kids who are in school. New research shows that the ideological transformation of our schools is pretty widespread, and it should concern anybody who cares about open inquiry and free speech. An illiberal ideology that goes by various names, critical race theory, critical social justice, has transformed key institutions of American life. It's remaking the law, Hollywood, medicine, higher education, psychology, and more. No area, however, is more important than our schools, which shape the minds of future citizens. And across the country, teachers are now engaged in the wholesale indoctrination of their pupils. The Evanston Skokie School District teaches K through three students to break the binary of gender. Seattle public schools tell teachers that the education system is guilty of spirit murder against black children, while a Cupertino, California elementary school forces third graders to deconstruct their racial and sexual identities and rank themselves according to their power and privilege. In Portland, K-5 through students are taught to subvert the sexuality of white colonizers and explore the infinite gender spectrum and thousands of similar examples, perhaps in your own community. Yet many refute the claim that this ideological transformation is happening at all, which is why it is crucial to ground the anecdotes that sometimes make headlines into data. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. We want to understand the impact that this reprogramming is having on young people's ideas about race and gender, identity, and more. A recent survey of 1,500 Americans aged 18 to 20 that was just conducted for the Manhattan Institute proves just how widespread and pernicious this issue has become. It has implications that should concern anyone who cares about open inquiry and free speech. We asked a random national sample of 18 to 20 year olds whether they had heard from an adult in school 
of pro-critical race theory concepts such as white privilege or systemic racism, as well as radical gender concepts such as the idea that gender is separate from biological sex. An astounding 90% had been exposed to CRT and 74% to radical gender concepts at school. In seven of 10 cases, these beliefs were presented as fact or as the only respectable view to hold. Why does that matter? Well, increasingly, evidence is pouring in that young people are intolerant of opposing views. For instance, nearly 70% of undergraduates polled in a 2021 study said that if a professor says something students find offensive, they should be reported to the university. The massive Foundation for Individual Rights and Expression surveys of 2020 to 2022 find that 65 to 85% of American undergraduates believe universities should not permit speakers on campus who argue that some transgender people have a mental disorder, BLM is a hate group, or abortion should be illegal. When compared to older age groups, young people are far more intolerant even when taking their politics into consideration. In the report, over two-thirds of 18 to 25-year-olds think Google was right to fire programmer James Damore in 2017 for raising evidence-based questions in an internal memo about the firm's gender equity policy. This compares to just 30% of those over 50 who back the termination. Among liberals... 82% of 18 to 25-year-olds support his firing, while a much lower 57% of liberals over 50 do. Not only are educated young people intolerant of opposing ideas, they're increasingly unwilling to date or befriend Republicans. According to original data analyzed from FIRE's 2020 survey, just 7% of female and 19% of male college students who are not Republican, would feel comfortable dating a Trump supporter. Original data from the Manhattan Institute survey showed that support for CRT undergirds these disgust reflexes. For example, 77% of very liberal young adults who say being white is one of the most important sources of privilege are uncomfortable dating a Trump supporter compared to 27% of very liberal young people who do not believe that being white is one of the most important sources of privilege. But dating is a personal choice. The same cannot be said for discrimination in hiring, which violates people's right to equal treatment regardless of personal belief. Yet the two are connected. Young people who are uncomfortable dating a Trump supporter are much more likely to discriminate against them in hiring. Just 31% of young Democrats who say they would be uncomfortable dating a Trump supporter would hire a known Republican for a job, compared to 66% of young Democrats who would be willing to date a Trump supporter. Original data from the study found that racial attitudes underpin the binary thinking behind negative partisanship. For instance, 44% of white liberals aged 25 or under say that people who disagree with me politically are immoral compared to about a quarter of white conservatives and black liberals and zero black conservatives. Why? It turns out that white liberals who believe that white Republicans are racist are far more likely to moralize their political views. 
The upshot of this is that progressive beliefs around identity, notably race and gender, are central to understanding the new moral absolutism of young liberal Americans. This is not about the universal tale of young versus old, whereas young and university-educated people used to be the most tolerant and morally relativistic, they are now more likely to believe in absolute right and wrong. As California political scientists Dennis Chong, Morris Levy, and Jack Citron show, using data collected since the 1970s, young people's tolerance for dissent has gone into reverse only on questions of identity. An acute sensitivity to emotionally harming, historically marginalized race, gender, and sexual identity groups is what drives cancel culture. An illustration of this shows that a majority of young people agree with the statement, my fear of losing my job or reputation due to something I said or posted online is a justified price to pay to protect historically disadvantaged groups, while less than a fifth of those over 50 feel the same. Paradoxically, many young people today worry about cancel culture, yet also embrace its punishing ethos. Those on the left, even people leery of certain things, might be tempted to accept indoctrination and cancel culture as a price they are willing to pay to win the next generation to their side. However, before they break out the champagne, they may wish to consider the negative effects of this programming on the very groups they aim to help. First of all, social justice instruction damages young people by making them fearful of being punished for what they might say. As a matter of fact, among young people who identify as Republicans, data shows a jump from 27 to 84% in unwillingness to express their viewpoint out loud. Striking fear into pupils results in less expressive freedom, which makes race relations more strained. The share of non-black pupils saying they felt uncomfortable criticizing a black classmate increased from 32 to 50% between those with no social justice exposure and those with heavy exposure. The same results can be seen with corporate diversity, exclusion, equity, whatever nonsense policies, programs, which sharply increase workers' reluctance to criticize a black coworker. If a black pupil or a coworker doesn't receive constructive criticism of their performance or ideas, they are likely to be disadvantaged compared to their non-black peers. So what can we do? While free market conservatives think school choice is a panacea. The reality is that CRT and social justice is as prevalent in private and parochial schools as it is in public schools. A full 86% of homeschooled children report being taught or hearing from an adult about at least one social justice concept, as do 88% from the most heavily Republican fifth of counties in the data. And that's according to common analysis. Until teacher training and the curriculum are overhauled, nothing will change this. CRT bans, tighter guidelines on the teaching of gender and sexuality, 
curriculum transparency. These are vital steps in the battle to preserve enlightenment values and national cohesion. National cohesion is relevant in a country as divided as we are now to not be thought of as one nation, in particular under God, is very, very dangerous. Government-led reform is key, but it's not enough to turn the tide. If the culture is lost, then legislation will eventually be undone anyway. Rather than engage in a fight between proponents of government action and those who believe that the battle of ideas is sufficient, we need a new approach. What exactly is that approach going to be? Well, your guess is as good as mine. I believe both government intervention and long-term cultural persuasion is needed to align curriculums with the traditional values embodied by true democracy. Defenders of Enlightenment values also better learn to be bulletproof because they're going to come after you. They're going to accuse you of bigotry and homophobia and transphobia and xenophobia and whatever other phobia they can come up with. This new term of ableists totally confuses me and the number of letters that have been added to the LGBT community are mind-boggling. And what they do tell me is that we have a long, long way to go. But if you care about this critical challenge that is facing young people and therefore facing the future leadership of our country, then you're going to get involved in the conversation. And most of that conversation is going to have to take place in a public forum, most likely in school boards and, of course, as always, at the ballot box. You've got to get engaged or this country is going to be handed over to people who can barely read and write, never mind critical thinking. The Joyce Kaufman Podcast has been brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com.